You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Hello, Kingdom City. Happy Mother's Day to every mother. Whether you're joining online or right here in the room, we're so glad that you've joined us today. I hope mothers have had an amazing uh, morning. You can take your seats. Um, How many here had breakfast in bed? Surely the online campus had breakfast in bed. I mean, you know, (laughs) I didn't get breakfast in bed. Um, I didn't get coffee either, but I did get a song produced, a rap song um, called JJV My Mommy. So... It was an amazing production and uh, with pictures of myself to this rap song. So that was my son, Caleb. He was amazing um, doing that. We have special gifts for everybody uh, who is a mother. uh, And we're going to be giving them out at the end of this service. And uh, we're going to honor some moms and pray. So please stay till the end uh, of the service. And for those of you who are getting the gifts, make sure you only take one gift. Last service, huh? Some took several more. So uh, one gift for the mother, okay? Not if you're going to be a mother one day sometime soon when you find a husband. It's for mothers who've actually given birth, had a baby, or about to have a baby. Um, That's for them. So uh, yeah, uh, they're getting um, some gifts for you ready. I thought I'd start with the top eight things you should never say to your Asian ma. And the staff helped me out with this. So if you come from an Asian background, you'll relate to this. Um, some of it's universal, but here we go. Eh, you do my laundry already, huh? Never say that to your mother. I don't want to go to piano class. So I can wear ripped jeans to the reunion dinner, right? Oh, very quiet. I don't want to get married, and I'm never having kids. Ma. I've decided to take a gap year to travel the world and find myself. You see, some of you can see your mother's look in your head as I'm saying this, right? Dad said yes, and he's the boss of you. Okay, that's my kids, all right? That's not Asian, that's my kids. They, they say that to me all the time. Um, I don't want to be a doctor, a lawyer, accountant. I want to be a musician. All the musos go, yeah. Mom, you're wasting your time cooking. The mamakar is better. Again, that's probably my kids that say that. You know, we're going to talk about the great God bake-off. The great God bake-off. And uh, yes, it's a play off the great British bake-off, but our God is a great baker. He was the first baker to ever get ingredients, put them together to make something amazing. And so would you just join me as we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, would you just come and just be the loudest voice in our ear. We bind every uh, voice that would dare raise itself against the voice of God. Anything that would twist uh, what is being said that would be miscommunicated or misheard, God. I pray we will hear this the way you want it to be heard. Anoint these words. Breathe through me, Holy Spirit. And I bind distraction and confusion in Jesus' name. And I pray that we will leave today feeling more encouraged than ever before. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Today we're going to bake brownies. Now, brownies are like, 
you can have brownies anywhere, anytime. They're really good with warm, you know, uh, warm, uh, not warm ice cream. I was going to say ice cream, but they're really good warm with ice cream, caramel sauce. It's probably one of my favorites to do. And so we're going to bake, and we have the ingredients on the screen of what we will need. It's super easy. This will also be on social media later. Three eggs, sugar, vanilla essence, unsalted butter, dark chocolate, all-purpose flour, cocoa powder, pinch of salt, and chocolate chips. So in order to make brownies, you've got to preheat the oven to 180 Celsius and get that all ready. And you need a tray, which I don't have. But if you can get a baking tray, They're going to run and get me right now. Need a spare baking tray to show, uh, like a square baking tray of what you would do. Sorry, we've done this already one service, so they'll probably have to, Jackson will have to go wash it out in the back. <laughs> Once you've greased the tray, you've got to combine the sugar, eggs, and vanilla essence. So we've got the sugar here, and this is white castor sugar, but you can use any sugar you want, even that healthy sugar, the coconut sugar. Oops, no, we got the uh, eggs. So once you combine these three things, you've got to whisk them for five minutes. Really like this, right? Yeah, really hard. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 says we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God had planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. This is one of my favorite verses. Kingdom City uh, Youth uh, studied this on Friday night. It's a very, very significant verse that if we believe it and we take it on, it may change the way we experience life. We can look at this and realize that, number one, God planned ahead. God planned ahead. God is not one of those bakers who are like, uh, what should I do? I do a little bit this, a little bit that. No, no, no. God is very, very... Um, strategic in what he plans for your life. Like me, I'm like, have all the ingredients prepared and I'm working out, okay, this goes here. Everyone has a role or everything has a role to make brownies. So it is with God in your life. Every experience or every uh, upbringing or anything, uh, giftings that you have all ha are part of God's plan and he planned it before you were born. He plans ahead. This should just relieve us from thinking that we're just mindlessly walking through life. Should I be on earth? Do I really have a purpose? You know, why am I here? Because he has ha he's got a purpose for each one of us, a purpose that only you can bring to this earth. If we are alive today, if you are alive today, and I'm sure you are because you're listening, you have a destiny. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be on earth. When your destiny's up on earth, then you go, you get promoted. But while you're on earth, you have a destiny, a purpose that God planned for you before you were born. Proverbs 20, 24 says, it is the Lord who directs your life. For each step you take is ordained by God to bring you closer to your destiny. So the Lord directs your life. He, he, he shows you which way. This is like, you don't have to manipulate. 
You don't have to make changes. You don't have to be in the right place at the right time so they can see you. And like if, when you trust in God, he ordains your steps. He opens the door for you. He brings you in. Sometimes when I've done Q&A, people have said to me, how did you end up doing what you did? You know, what steps did you take? I said, what steps? I, listen, this is the last thing I thought I'd be doing. I just was obedient to God on the step in front of me. Read your Bible, okay, every day, okay. Pray, okay, every day, okay. Then a preacher comes to town. Hey, you're gonna prophesy. Go teach yourself about prophecy. Okay, got all the books on prophecy. Just one step at a time, I just followed the Lord in what he wanted me to do, and that's how I didn't have to open doors. I didn't have to say, hey, Pastor Mark, I've got a great resume. I'll be a great wife for you one day. Let's go change the world. I didn't have to do that at all. All I had to do was say yes to a missions trip that took me to Malaysia because I love kids and I was taking kids over here, youth kids. That's all you have to do is just say yes to God on those baby steps. I didn't know that when I was going to Malaysia, I would end up, it would end up changing my life forever. But I just did those steps in front of me. And that's, you don't have to stress like people would say to me when I was single, hey, you know that you're single? You should go to that other church, huh? So many single guys. You should go to that conference. There are so many guys there. You should go there, you know, and, and make sure they know you have no wedding ring. Like, make sure when you worship, everyone sees there's no wedding ring, that you're free and available. Like, why? There's so much pressure in that, you know? But, you know, God just took me on a mission trip, and then God showed me who was. It was just so much less stress, unnecessary stress, when God ordains our our steps, but we have to allow him, we have to trust him, we have to let go of control. Sometimes that's really hard to let go of control and trust him, but he planned it before you were born. He's so much better at planning your life than you. He, and he's not surprised by anything. He's not like, what? They've stopped going to church? That wasn't in my plan. No, he knew you'd make that decision. You know, he, he knows the, the hardships that are going to happen. He knows that the enemy's thrown things your way. He knows that. But that doesn't catch him off surprise, you know, and be like, what? They married the wrong person. By the way, you never marry the wrong person. Once you marry them, they're the right person. Letting you know that. So there's no striving when he directs. It's just obedience. And God doesn't waste anything. Did you know that? He doesn't waste anything of your life because he pre-planned. I remember in 1999 to about 2001, it was a very dark, dark season in my life. And I didn't think anything good came from that season. I would think back at that season and be heartache and pain. I'd made wrong choices, but God knew those wrong choices. Anyway, um, I'd moved on and 10 years later, you know, I'm, I'm with Pastor Mark, we're, we're having lunch with a, a prophet and the prophet's eating lunch and suddenly he stops and looks at me and says, oh, God wants you to know that from 1999 to 2001, it wasn't a waste. That good came from that. And I went, what? My husband's like, what happened in 19, I'm like. So I started to think about it and thought, God, what, I can only, feel pain or think about pain. And then I remembered that, um, you know, I was in the university there, I was working at a university in the marketing division. And then they had decided in those days, in the late 90s, 
um, to put more girls in the IT division because, you know, these IT tech boys had a little trouble talking to lecturers and um, teachers, and so they needed some women to be able to communicate properly um, to the lecturers and who could say nicely, just put the plug in and turn it on and your computer will work. Anyway, um, after the prophet had said that, and I remembered, you know, I started to learn in that season about technology, language, started a grad dip in computer science, but when we got to languages, I was like, hello, I'm out. No Java for me, I out. So I didn't finish that, but I learned a little bit or enough to know um, how to communicate with technicians. Anyway, after the prophet said that to me, or the man with the prophecy, um, it was a year later, in 2015, that Kingdom City began live streaming. And I was part of that technology in being able to push that forward. And then even till today, I'm very involved in the technology uh, division of Kingdom City. And um, all the stuff I learned from those two years back in the day, um, even though technology has changed a lot, a lot of the foundations haven't. I am using today at Kingdom City to get all you people online in the room so that you can join us and be part of us so that we can do conferences all over the world at the same time and fun things where we throw things out of the screen and someone catches it and things like that um, that I've been able to be involved in, which I don't think I would have if I hadn't had that experience. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't. By the way, if you're in information technology and you'd like to join our team, please see Frankie. <laughs> yes, you. Frankie, we are looking for people to join. Okay, an exciting team. All right. So I've done this, and it's all ready to go, and I put it on the side there, and then we get the butter and the dark chocolate, and it has to be dark chocolate because dark is best. <laughs> You put that together like that, and you put it in the microwave because it's got to melt, and you sometimes have to do it a couple of times to make sure that it is melted completely. And now I need to put it in the microwave because it's going to go for a couple of seconds, and someone's going to run real fast to get me the finished product of what that will look like when it's in the microwave. Number two, we are his poetry. We are original. That's what the scripture says. We, you know, in uh, NIV it says, I think, uh, you are his handiwork. Like, he created you. Poetry is created. There's no poet that writes the same poem twice, right? He's always writing different poems. If he did write, it's just a copy. There's no copies. There's no one on earth that is like you, that ever lived like you or going to live like you. No one with your race, with your DNA, with your color eyes, with your passions, with your giftings, with your upbringing, with your education, living in 2022 on this timeline in earth like you. You are so specific. That's why he has a specific destiny and purpose for you. It's not some generalized purpose. He's like, yeah, you can do this. You... No, he has something that only you can bring to the world. And what happens is, what the enemy does is he lies to us and gets us to compare. You know, he's like, if I can get them to compare, they'll lose sight of how unique they are, and they may even decide not to follow the destiny that God has for them. 
So he gets us to compare giftings, spiritual giftings, skill, money, looks, um, what, whatever, our personalities. He'll pick anything, put in our mind, and then we start to compare. I wish I was more like them. Why don't I have this? And comparison only makes you depressed or proud. You're like, I'm so glad I'm not like them. Or you're really depressed that you are lacking. Thank you, Joelle, very much. I'll just put it in the microwave. <laughs> Down here, okay. Um, when we compare, we look actually quite silly because uh, God just looks at us and looks down on, from heaven, I think, and go, what are they doing? Why are they doing this again? It's kind of like this. This is what we look like to God. It would be like the flower, okay? This is a flower. And the chocolate having a conversation and comparing themselves with each other. And the flower's like, it's not fair. Why can't I be chocolate? Why can't I be the predominant ingredient in this and be put last because I'm the most important? Huh? Why is it the chocolate? Well, if we put the flour last and we got rid of the chocolate, it would be called Whitey's. Doesn't sound too good, is it? Hey, would you like some of my Whitey's? Like, that sounds weird, you know? It's called Brownies for a reason, not Whitey's. And so if we made it with the flour as a predominant ingredient, then it would be really, you know, like that fluffy kind of, you know those um, like gluten-free stuff? You know, crumbly kind of stuff. And it's like, just kind of falls because it has no flour in it. Love gluten-free people, by the way. My mom is gluten-free, yeah. But I'm just saying that it's like, you know, it's silly, right? It's silly to compare because chocolate looks like they're the superstar. They're up front. They're on the platform. They're singing. They're leading. They're preaching. They're amazing. Flowers just at the back at the car park. Flowers in the kids' church. Flowers ushering. Flowers just the connect host, not the connect leader. You know, and, and so they begin to compare, and then they lose sight that you need both. I don't look at the flower and the chocolate and go, hmm, you're way more important than you. No, I realize as a baker, I need both. And I need both at the quantity that, I, that the recipe says, because if I don't, it will be uneven. Not one is more valuable than the other. Not one person is more valuable than you. Not one destiny is more valuable than your destiny. Like, it, God doesn't look like that at us. So we should not look at ourselves like that. Like, I'm not as special, I'm not, I don't have charisma, I'm not this, I'm not that. We have to stop comparing. What if the sugar and salt had a conversation, right? So the sugar and salt, this is the salt, and the sugar's already in there. What if they had a conversation, and the salt's like, huh, just a pinch? You're like 300 and something grams? So much of you, so less of me, let's swap. I think I should be the 300 something grams, and you be the pinch. And then you take that brownie to your mother-in-law. <laughs> She's like, ah, why did my son? <laughs> you know, like it would be really disgusting, right? Because the salt's supposed to only be a pinch. 
and the sugar is supposed to be what it is to bring the flavor, the bigger picture to the brownie. So it is with us. Sometimes we're like, how come they get all the glory? How come they get all the credit? I'm the one who does all the work, but no one sees what I do, you know? They all see what the person in the front does. And, and then we start to compete and start to make sure people know all the work we do, you know? Like, people are like, oh, your children are so well-behaved. Your husband must be amazing father. You're like, do you know how much I do? Okay, like, look at all the things I do. I do this, I do that. I, you know, we're like trying to defend ourselves and show that we're not the pinch, you know, we're the sugar. And we think we get value from that. It's ridiculous. And God's just like rolling his eyes. How about the cocoa and the eggs? If they had a conversation and the cocoa's like, you know what, we don't need you eggs. We actually don't need you. You're, you're boring. You're like really floppy and like gooey, like what the, what is that? You're like we crack you and you become that? Like you're so easy, easily cracked. We drop you on the floor and you crack and then you're having a tantrum about it. Like we don't need you in these brownies, we'll be fine. And Egg's like, okay, and like walks away. We need eggs in the brownies because eggs in a baking um, recipe, the eggs when you put it in the oven, it holds everything together. It, it's like stick, it, it pulls everything and makes it stick. So if you don't have eggs in the brownies and don't substitute it with anything, it will be all floppy and it won't, it'll be all crum it, it won't stick together. So you need eggs. We need you people that identify as eggs. We need you. We don't need just all cocoa people who just, you know, are out there going, hello, you know. We need everybody and you might think well i'm just plain flour great we need plain flour we need those dependable turning up every week putting out the chairs putting out the car we need you you're stable you're not up and down you're consistent you read your bibles you love god you're not going to crisis to crisis like you're just really dependable that the church is built on we need flour we need cocoa, we do need cocoa, we need all the different aspects, but not one is more valuable than the other. I've got two sons, you know, and um, I'm trying to teach them not to compare. It's unbelievable how we never taught them to compare. But someone whispered into their heads and would say things. I'm like, they would compare, you know, how much their dad loves them, like, dad loves me more than you. No, dad loves me more than you. I'm like, boys, like, you have a father that loves you so much, both of you, none of you have a reason to be insecure. But they tend to sometimes believe the lies of the enemy that they, you know, with the insecurity and they also with the, their giftings and they compare with their giftings, who's a better songwriter, dancer, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my goodness. And we're always trying to do the coffee cup. I always say, because we have used coffee cups as an exam, I go coffee cup and then like they roll their eyes. But I'm trying to teach them that if they don't learn to cheer each other on, they won't impact the kingdom like they're meant to. John and Charles Wesley from the Methodist Church, when Charles was dying, Charles was the younger brother, John said to Charles, if only we had learned to get along better with each other, we would have impacted the world so much more. You know, you just have no idea about the bigger picture. Psalm 31:15 says, my life, my very, every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. If it's all in his hands, then we don't have to compare. We don't have to compare our destinies 
because it's in God's hands. It's in his um, plan of what he has because you are his poetry and he loves you just as much as the person next to you. There's a lady named Amy uh, Carmichael. I read her book when I was a young teenager and it really impacted me. And she was a young Irish girl that grew um, up, she was born in Ireland, and she was born with brown eyes. And she was really, really upset because everybody in her family had blue eyes. And she wanted blue eyes so badly. This was in the late 1800s. And uh, she used to ask God, why did you give me brown eyes? I wanted blue eyes. And she would pray at night that God would change her eyes during her sleep. She'd run to the mirror the next morning to look at her eyes and they'd still be brown. And she was very, very sad and upset about that. And she couldn't understand why God wouldn't give her the desires of her heart and why she was different to everyone else. Well, Amy grew up and she ended up being a missionary in India. And when she was in India, she discovered that there were these young little girls, five, six-year-old girls, that were collected and taken into the temples and used for prostitution. They were humanly trafficked. And Amy was so passionate about rescuing them that she would get her skin and put coffee, um, she would rub coffee on her skin to make it brown, because she was an Irish girl, she was white. And she would wear a sari and cover her whole face, and she'd walk into the temples, she'd collect the girls and walk out. The reason why no one in the temples realized that she was a foreigner was because of her brown eyes. The very thing she thought was a curse became the very thing that God used to save and rescue girls. The very thing you think is a curse in your life might be the very thing that God is going to use for your destiny. So going back to the recipe, we've got these melted... uh, this melted stuff, so it should look like this, and we're gonna mix it into the mix like that. And we're gonna change this, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Thank God for Justin. Okay, so we're mixing this uh, together to make it into a really nice mixture. And while we do that, we're just gonna talk about how with Jesus, you can fulfill your destiny. With Jesus, you can fulfill it. You can fulfill it with him. No matter what you are, no matter who you are, no matter how bad the enemy has tried so hard to mess your life up, with Jesus, you can fulfill the destiny that God has for you. This is really nice and liquid. Chasing, you went away. It's okay. Okay, now I'm gonna add the uh, flour, good old flour. Now you'll never look at flour the same, I can tell you that. You'll hear my voice. (laughs) We need you. Okay, cocoa uh, and uh, salt. I'm gonna combine all of these together like this, so easy. Psalm 16, five says, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. When you have a destiny that, um, we all have destinies that we feel we cannot fulfill, we know that no matter what has happened that G- with Jesus, it can come to pass. It can come. We can choose the destiny that God, you have the choice to decide 
if you want the destiny that God has for you. God is not a slave driver. He won't force you to, um, to, to take his destiny. It is there for your choice. But you can use it, you can have it as your inheritance. As David said, I leave my destiny and it's timing in your hands. You know the chocolate chips you're supposed to put in last? It's a timing thing. Sorry, with brownies. Because if you put it in any earlier, according to Justin, uh, it melts too fast. And brownies has that like crunchy chocolate chip taste. Yeah. And so in order to keep that, you know, taste, you need to put it in the very last. It's a timing thing. Me as the baker knows that. God knows the right timing for you. He knows what is best for you what you can handle, what you can't, and when you trust him and put your, tr- and, and go, okay, God, hands off. If you don't think I should get married until 31, then I trust you. If you think I'm going to make a mess of this in my 20s, then I trust you. You know, if you think that you want me to do this job, I trust you. You know, he, he um, has the right timing for the right place. Okay, so this is Wow, really sticky. So once it gets like this, right, Sean? Yeah, there we go. And it's all, wow. Did you know in KL, I'm sorry, online, but in KL, you all get brownies after this? I didn't bake them all, just letting you know. No way I'm baking 5,000 brownies. So once that's all mixed like this, then you pour it into a tin like this, and it should look like that. That's how it should look. It's like kind of gooey, but it's really good. And then you put it in the oven for 30 to 35 minutes. King David was the one who wrote Psalm 16. And King David was someone who had a great destiny on his life. He took Israel from a small little country into a successful nation, setting it up for his son, Solomon, who really impacted the known world back then. But if you saw King David at four or five years old, you would never think that he'd become so great. He um, was from, they reckon that his mother had an affair. Commentators say that they believe his mother had an affair so that Jesse wasn't really his father. Um, they believe that he was like the disdained son. The, the, the brothers didn't like him. In fact, when Samuel came to look for the king, they didn't even bother about him. He was out the back. But you know, this is the comforting thing about God. No man can control your destiny. No man can control your destiny. Because even though they had all sorted him and put him out the back, God told the prophet, there's one more, bring him in. And God pulled him from the backyard of the land right in front of the prophet. That's why we don't have to stress when prophets come to town and we're like, do they see me? I've got my red shirt on. Like, we don't have to worry because God, if he wants it, he'll make it happen. If he wants that door of opportunity to happen, he'll make it happen. You don't have to push and look like, you know, if he wants you to worship, you don't have to sing in front of me as you walk by. In fact, I don't even make decisions on who sings on stage. So like, I can't even help you with that. But what I'm saying is you don't have to try and just be like, hey, look at me, I'm amazing. Because God knows you're amazing and he'll open the door. So King David, right, he, he becomes king. God pulls him into his destiny and becomes king. And the enemy, I think, looked at this and thought, hmm, 
How can I steal his destiny? See, the enemy's out to steal our destinies. He wants our destiny stolen. He thought, what can I do to King David? I know, I'll make him tired. Make him tired. So King David gets tired, and as he's tired, he decides not to go to war with his army. Where all the kings went to war, David didn't. There's a sign there. So he's at home watching Netflix, <laughs> mindless stuff. And he goes up on the rooftop, and the enemy does this. Just slightly, 1%, moves his face right in the direction, right in the gaze that he needs to look at. And he sees something. And the enemy thought, you know what? We get him to have an affair and a moral failure. <laughs> God will remove him from the throne because God removes Saul for less. So he'll remove him. You watch. And then the Messiah line can't go through King David. And David would have, and it will, throw the, it will throw the nation into chaos. Solomon's too young at the moment. He won't be, this, this is great. We, we, we've got a plan. We're going to mess this up. But little did the enemy know that when David was confronted with his sin, because he did fall, he did fall into the trap of the enemy. When he was confronted, he repented. He absolutely reads Psalm 51, created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. He got right with God. And the enemy also didn't know that God, Father God would see that and go, I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm going to give you a son. And that son will be the next king of the nation. And so through that mess, where really, if King David was around today, and maybe he was a pastor, we would be like, okay, he shouldn't be leading. You see what he did? He's done some stuff. Like, how can God put him in charge of a movement? How can God trust him with all those churches? But King David repented. God was like, I love you. You don't have, to. I'm not gonna remove you at all and I'm gonna bless your offspring and so the very mess up of the destiny ended up I love it it was like in the face of the enemy like it it didn't work you know some of us pastors on team we've done some crazy things in our past and uh, we look at ourselves now and think what are we doing like wow why would God pick us you know the enemy was out to kill our destiny was out to wreck us but God didn't he knew and he knew the choices we would make. But you know what? When we repented and got right with him, he's like, I can use you. I can take you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you think you've messed up. Your destiny can still come to pass. You can still fulfill it with Jesus. You can still fulfill it because Jesus paid the price on the cross. He paid the bill. He said, yeah, you know what, King David? I'm going to, you know, you sinned, but in a thousand years I'm coming, I'm paying that, I'm, I'm writing that off. I'm writing that off. I'm writing that curse off. I'm writing off all those sins that you did. I'm writing it off. I paid the bill. I paid the price. So you don't have to pay that price. That's what Jesus did. And when we receive that, because we will never be good enough to do the destiny God has. Get that? You'll never be good enough. But Jesus in you, 
you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So I just want to smash a few things because the enemy's strategy is to steal the destiny on your life, the God-given destiny. And he will tell you lies like you were an accident, they didn't plan for you, you're not special like others, you can't fulfill anything God gave you, you are messed up, you know, it's not worth the price. Or you'll always be poor if you follow God's way. You'll always feel lost. You'll never be as good as Pastor Scott. He'll use these lies. But you gotta remember that God planned ahead. God planned ahead. We are His poetry. With Jesus, we can fulfill it. With Jesus, we can fulfill it. And if every Christian in Kingdom City even in the world, if every Christian, you online, if you decided, you know what, today I'm gonna do the destiny, God. I'm gonna stop doing my own thing and I'm gonna get into alignment. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my gifts, with my resources, with my spare time? What do you want, God? I wanna fulfill the de destiny of, of uh, what you pre-planned for me before I was even born. Show me, God, what you want. And when you do that, and we all do that, then we all come together and do that, something beautiful can be made. Something delightful can be made. Something that can bring a blessing to our cities, to our family, to our friends. That's when revival happens and this is what the finished product looks like when everything comes together and works beautifully. And every, every um, ingredient in here played their role and so now we can all enjoy this and maybe get a little fat later, but that's all right. It's Mother's Day. But this is what it can be. It can be revival. Revival in KL, revival online, revival in our cities when we all decide to do what God has prepared for us. I just wanna pray. I wanna pray for us as we close that um, if you have been listening to me and you know that there's been lies you've been listening to, and you, you've been comparing maybe, or maybe you um, think you've been a mistake, or maybe you've thought you missed out on God's destiny. We wanna turn that around today, smash that lie, and send you out excited for what God has. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.